I didn't even watch that this year. Anyway, um, two things before we start, announcement-wise. Ron and I are starting a... Um, Intimate Encounters Group. Intimate Encounters Group um, in February. So if you're interested, talk to us. Or if you know anyone, uh, talk to us. And then the marriage thing is the marriage breakfast, which singles can go to, yep. is this Saturday. Um, it's only five bucks a person. So, I mean, it's a cheap breakfast, if nothing else, with really good um, message. Mm -hmm. Um, so all are welcome. You can sign up online. I think they're also doing sign-ups at the door, but I'm not sure. Doors open at 8.30, and it starts at 9. And where is it? Here at the church. So if you go um, onto the Bay's website and look under events, the marriage breakfast will be listed there, and you can pay for that online. And like I said, it's five bucks a person, so it's a really good deal. Yeah. Um, anything else? As far as announcements, I think that's it. Okay. So. We're going to read a verse. And we want you guys to tell us what you think of when you hear this verse. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will be poured will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you. That's Luke 638. Who's heard that verse before? Offering time. <laughs> Offering time. Offering time. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about giving. So what are we talking about when we hear that verse? Offering. Money. We hear it. We hear it a lot in the context of money. They go along with it. I see it more than just money. I see it me giving up my time, my talents, and whatever God has given me to do in the earth to give it back. Okay. He's given it to me now. He's give it back. Okay. I see it as you know with money too. So okay. monetary. So so here's here's why people aren't coming in through those doors, and here's what's going to cause people to leave. Renee, I'm just going to put you on the spot. Do you believe God has given you a measure of patience? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Do you exercise that patience with others? I give back that patience. At times. At times. At times. So it, and, and that's the thing. And I, I did, you know, you just brought it up. So this is going to be a series of, well, John, Johnny knows me well. Johnny knows me well. And when I get together with guys, I don't want to hear about your relationship with your wife. I really don't. I don't want to hear you whine about it. I don't want to hear you cry about it. I want you to tell me what you're doing to improve your relationship with your spouse. Right, Johnny? Yeah. You will stop us if you try. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it because the other person's not in the room. There's nothing that can be done there. So what are we doing as far as giving? How many people have ever done a study on that verse? Do you know what's before it? Do you guys know what's after it? No, 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 no cheating. No cheating. Luke 6, Luke 6, 38. And we're going to repeat the verse again. Give and it will be given to you a good measure. Press down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. We've we've already we used to go to a church that was they made a song based on this, and they would sing that verse over and over and over until offering time was done, and that was the focus. But when we get into the context of where that verse is in Scripture, guess guess what? is before it and guess what is after it it's all about this is a relational care class so that should be a hint it's about you great david <laughs> actually has anyone ever heard of the beatitudes blessed are those that comes that comes right before it the beatitudes come right before it 
and love your enemies. And love your enemies comes right after it. So let me ask you, what's most important when we're talking about give, and it will be given to you, a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What are we talking about? If it's if We're talking context, right, Pastor Ryan, a couple weeks ago? Ryan Gregg. Ryan Gregg talked about the book ending, right? Book of stories. Yeah. What's before it, what's after. We're taught in basic Bible study. You have to know the context, right? And I'm not saying that this can't be used for money because the principle definitely yeah. does apply. But if you look at the context of where it's placed in Scripture... It's about relationships. It's about relationships. It's about giving in relationships and different relationships. And this is, I don't want to lose sight of some of these passages because given it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. That's a great promise, right? That's a great promise. Now, my dad, you know, when I used to be going leaving the house, you know, I'll be back. My dad used to say, is that a promise or a threat? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, is that a promise? Or is it almost a threat? It's a if warning. You're, if you're impatient, if you're arrogant, if you're selfish, if you're, you know, fill in the blank, you're given that too. You ever hear the verse that talks about reaping and sowing? I mean, and, and this is the one thing, because when we think about it, it helps show us that God's love is unconditional. We, we all know that, right? God's love for us is unconditional. His blessings, though, are very conditional. And this is, that's a hard verse, really, when we take it in. For whatever measure you use, it will be measured to you. So here's an example of how this plays out in relationally. And I'm thinking in my head, but I'm thinking out loud. You know what? Jean's been ignoring me for a couple days now. She's been so focused on other things. You know what? I'm just going to ignore her. See how she likes it. That's the measure I'm giving. So into this relationship, I am depositing like a teaspoon of grace. How much grace am I going to get back? If I'm to, exactly, I'm going to get about a teaspoon of grace back. If I'm only depositing a teaspoon of grace into this relationship, that's all I'm going to see getting coming back. That's a promise. It's not a and that's a hard promise. I see it as a promise and a warning all in one. There are some very difficult scriptures to handle. What does Christ say about forgiveness? If you do not forgive, what? And how many of us walk around with unforgiveness? Despite what Christ warned us. And exhorts us to do. I mean, I like what um, Pastor Jason was saying today. Where's your focus? You know, if your focus is returning, um, if your focus is only returning what you've been given, you're not going to produce a hundredfold fruit. We have to be intentional about our giving. Jean, you want to read that whole that passage six twenty seven to thirty eight? This is Luke six twenty seven to thirty eight. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. And if someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. 
do to others as you would have them do to you. Which one? To 38. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you respect, expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. NIV. Book 6, right? Yeah, all the way through 38. Oh, to 38. Sorry. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So even though this verse, that pressed down, shaken together, a good measure, has been used in church for offerings and relating to money and giving money and offerings. And it can apply in that situation. And it can apply. There is truth in that. The context of Scripture is in relationships. Giving when giving without condition. Giving without condition. You know, just a moment ago I talked about, well, Jean's been ignoring me. You know, she's been so involved in a work. Hypothetical, Hypothetical. not a true circumstance in our house. Yeah. And, and here I am thinking, you know, she's been so consumed by her work, I'll show her and I'll just shut her out. That's a teaspoon of grace. I'm going to get about a teaspoon of grace back. Because that's what that verse says. The fact that I'm not getting attention does not alleviate me of my responsibility to provide attention. Just because I'm not getting does not mean I don't give. Because, you know, Ryan Gregg, and Gene mentioned it earlier, Ryan Gregg talked about how, how Scripture gets italicized in the ancient Hebrew and in the Greek. And what they did is to emphasize certain points, they made a point here and they made a point here, and they essentially repeated it, and the part that's in the middle is the italicized part. And the part here is, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? If you love those who only love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners do that. And if you do good to only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit for that? It's a harsh truth. But I'm going to ask you, why should you get credit for it? There's no credit to be given. Ow. That's a good word. Ouch. Right. That's an ow. I mean, it, it really is a big ow. And the first response in my mind is, yeah, but you don't know the EGR people that I deal with. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know what EGR is, it's extra grace required. You know, the, the ones that... Um, kind of know how to push the buttons, you know, or or don't communicate in a style that helps to build me up. You know, you just you go meet with them and it's kind of like, oh my goodness, the negativity and the weight of the world. And it's like, so how do you deal with that? Yeah, I'm going to say something and it's for myself because God just put this into my spirit. The EGR people that we have to deal with, God knows. And he also knows that maybe we're capable of providing that grace. I mean, do does everyone in this room believe the gospel when he says that I know your comings and goings, I know every minute of your life before any of them came to be, my paraphrased version, okay, Psalm 139, that he knows and he walks with us. So the fact that I'm stuck in line behind the person that's putting, you know, a thousand things on 10 item line, the fact that I'm stuck on Highway 4, the fact that 
I'm stuck in a family that I'm not happy with, that I'm stuck at a workplace that I'm being challenged by, God is there. And this verse, the measure that I give in those circumstances, will come back to me. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. This whole series is going to be focused on giving. Can I ask a quick question? Absolutely. How many got Christmas presents? How many gave Christmas presents? Which is more fun, the giving or the getting? You know, it's, I mean, for me, seeing my grandkids, I mean, one of my grandsons, um, this is hilarious. Um, he opens, he opened, we got him this, this enclosed car racetrack. One, one of our grandsons speaks what's on his mind. No filter. There is no filter on that kid's mouth at all. So, I mean, it was, it was not an expensive gift, but it's a little car that races in an enclosed track. And you can set up these tubes, however. And as soon as he opens, he's like, I agree with this present. <laughs> you know, I couldn't I stop laughing. You know, but when we think about what God's given, do we agree with that present? Do we agree with that present? Now keep in mind, the present that God gives us at the moment is dealing with that EGR person. It's a present. It's an opportunity. And those are something that we may touch on um, in this series. Um, what we get and what we give, um, hopefully, through this series, we'll kind of flip our minds a little bit. Um, again, this verse, very few apply it first off to the concept of relationships. Because the context that it's always been taught in is, hey, if you give your wallet, you're going to get back a bank account. Right? My paraphrased version. Um, but what we're going to be talking about is as we invest, as we give into relationships. And even invest is a wrong word. Because if I invest money, what is my intent? Or my expectation. Or my expectation to be able to get more back. This is completely self-giving, folks. This is giving without an agenda. This is giving without... And now, keep in mind, this is not giving without expectation. It is giving with expectation, but it's a matter of where we place our expectations that's important. You know, we, we do that intimate encounters group, and Gene mentioned it earlier. You know, I, I remember one young man who, who came up to me and he sees me as a spiritual dad and he goes, Dad, I'm, I'm using all the tools that you gave me. You've probably heard me say this before. I'm using all the tools you gave me and she's still not responding the way she should be responding. I said, well, by definition, a tool is anything used to gain a mechanical advantage over something else. So is that what you're doing to my spiritual daughter? And I heard him say, ouch. Because that's exactly what you're doing. If you are giving, expecting it to be returned, that's not giving. That is not giving at all. And on the other side, which we will go into this in a second too, it's not giving without boundaries. Right. It's important to understand boundaries. We don't want to become codependent. We don't want to become enabling. Um, we don't want to take that one passage where it says, you know, if, if someone slaps you on one cheek, give them the other cheek um, to put yourself and allow yourself to be in a situation where you're abused physically, emotionally, sexually, whatever. Um, so there, there is a balance to this giving as well. Um, so we want to put that disclaimer out up front. 
So the different relationships that we're going to be talking about throughout the series is first and foremost, we're going to talk about our personal relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. We're going to touch on all three. God is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what's the different aspects of our personal relationship with, with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit? Right, because a lot of us can relate to the Father much more than the Son or much more than the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about a relationship with family members, including our spouse, parents, children, and siblings. You want to touch upon the next ones? Yeah. Uh, those are hard. Those are hard. Um, well, even in today's world of DNA where we find out that we have more siblings or less siblings or more parents or less parents or whatever than we originally thought. Yeah, how about that, huh? <laughs> um, our relationships that we work with, supervisors, co colleagues, and subordinates, our relationships with friends, and then our relationships with those we don't even know. Right. But before we talk about any of that, we want to talk about healthy giving. What does that look like? Because if, if we just sent you home and we, we exhorted you, just give, we, what does giving mean to you? What does it look like relationally? Relationally, what does it look like to you to give? What do you expect? So if you had to put skin on it, what does giving in a relationship look like? Okay. Time. Please define that better. Do you want five minutes? Do you want 20 minutes? How do you want that time spent? Is it okay if I just watch a football game with you? Or do we have to have coffee? What does that time look like to you? information we, we, we trade with each other and I think to me it's healing to her and when I see her when I when she tells me what's going on is healing to me I don't know if that makes so any sense. what I heard okay what I heard you say is at first that giving to you means time but it's not just time but it's actually an intimate communication where there is an exchange of, of thoughts feelings vulnerability and prayers, and prayers. so in right. essence it's it's that that interaction of giving of your time to be able to hear someone else and then them being able to hear you that brings the giving to full context okay thank you thank you meeting the needs of someone else. So whether it's it's the time like she said, or if it's um, somebody who's going through something difficult, sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's just um, listening or giving sound advice or sound um, encouragement. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you. Any other thoughts on giving in relationship? Okay. Okay. Where I live, sometimes are transitional, and they always come in and need a little bit of it. So I always give what you might call the food tide, if you will. I always give about ten percent of what I have in food to the house. Okay. And so I, there's a group of them now that aren't dependent on it. I watch the dependency, and so does the house manager. But that they can almost time when I come down to cook. If they know I came out of the room or not, and at different times during the day, they will just kind of appear. Okay. At at four and four thirty in the morning or at three thirty in the afternoon, and I think it's very funny. And I share with them because I have the I have enough to share with them. Sure. I'm not placating my ability to nurture nourish myself, but I feel it's very much in the service. Okay. And it seems to create a good. Energy, if you will, okay. Okay. So your ability to give practical needs like a hug, uh, or in, in your case, food, to spend, to, spend, um, to spend that time offering and service. Uh, I call it a food time. Okay. 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 I, like I like it. I like it. It's 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 a it's a different way. It seems, especially for the new guys that come in, they they seem to appreciate it to some. Very sure. cool. But there's other things I'll talk. About. Well, I mean, I know in my life, um, you know, when I've had surgeries or, or other circumstances in my house where people would come just with, with a dinner or a meal, you know, I mean, it, it, that is a way to give relationally. Mm -hmm. It you certainly know? is. It, um, well, it's the time of the preparation of the food yeah. and the offering itself. That's the true offering for somebody who really is hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, go into a refrigerator and take other people's food or not. Kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, it's a good offering, I think, so. It is a good offer. It is. Paul? So what I'm hearing when you're talking about giving, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, you're talking about giving, they said time and flesh that out. Um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of looking, right? If I wanted to give time to my wife doing what I want to do, that's not me giving time, it's her giving. Bingo! <laughs> so we, we just kind of were playing here just for a second. I was, you know, football was mentioned. You said something about trying to watch a football game together, and I turned around and said, because she's a football fan, I'm not, right? So so if I was going to give time, it might be sitting and engaging. Yeah. I'm saying it's out loud in front of other people. So you may not have to watch football. I might have to watch the Super Bowl. You might have to watch the game. I might have to watch the game. Who's playing? Is it so, are they playing? Uh, <laughs> and can I, can I, and I, I want to share something uh, because this is, this is an area that can get difficult. If, um, and we'll use that as an example. If you want, and you don't have to enjoy the event, you don't have to enjoy the game. You just want to be present and enjoy the relationship. See, that's the important thing. You don't have to, and and if, and, and I'm just, Kathy, I'm just going to call it out, and I know you wouldn't do this. <laughs> Paul, did you enjoy the game? Did you, did you, did you, did you? Well, no, not really, but I, man, I really enjoyed spending this time with you. See, that's giving. You don't have to enjoy the task. You don't have to enjoy what is what the other person enjoys. Giving of yourself means giving of yourself, and and it's just I just want to be here with you. Which is how much longer for this game? Yeah, that's not the way it looks. That's not the way it looks at all. I mean, when we get I spent the afternoon with you watching the show. What else do you want from me? See, but that, how many times do we do that? that right? it, I'm giving to you. Sorry, you did it. So by the measure, by the measure that you give is a measure that will be returned unto you. If you give a teaspoon, you're gonna get a teaspoon. That's a promise and a warning. I don't know how else to put that. That scripture is a promise and a warning. You know, one of the things we, we got when we were in Austin, Texas, you know, uh, Jesus spoke, for whatever you do unto others, 
you do unto me. All right? If I'm yelling at my wife, guess who I'm yelling at? That's what I learned from that session. If I am impatient with my wife, guess who I'm impatient with? I'm impatient with Jesus, because that's what that word says. Does that apply to the grocery clerk, too? It applies to everybody. And this is going to be a very hard, if, if you don't want to come back, that's on you. <laughs> but this is going to be a very hard series because it is 2020. It's one less year. We don't have a lot of time. We got to press in. We got to press in relationally. This, the, and what, what did Pastor Jason say? What have we repeated multiple times? There's only two things we get to take to heaven. Us and our relationship. Our relationship with Christ is the first thing that gets us there. And our relationship with others. Those are the eternal things. We spend time making sure that the grout in our bathroom is clean. We make sure that, you know, we've got all these activities. And, well, did you get that? And did you talk to your boss about your pay raise? And we got to get a better job. And we got to get the car clean. You know, all of those aren't bad things. But they're not eternal things. They're not eternal things. So we talked about some examples of healthy giving. What are some examples of unhealthy giving? That expectation you talked about. Okay. Doing it with expecting something in return. Okay. You didn't do it for me. You didn't do it for me. Or I really like the condition, Ron, that you put on your example. I'm not giving away all my food so that I'm going hungry. Thank you. you know, I mean, there's there's a balance in giving. There's a balance in giving. You know, if we're giving because if we're giving because it's our duty, you know, I learned it in the sense by being toward indigents or creating indigents itself, yeah. like where you give yourself away into impoverishment. I've been reading about poverty and obedience mm -hmm. and chastity. And so not to create uh, emotional or financial impoverishment in myself through vacation or by fear or by whatever means. Mm -hmm. That's good. That is good. You know, we uh, listen to, I listen to a message. I don't know if you, because you, I listen to various podcasts and stuff and read various things. But Chris Valentin uh, from up north, he talked about, he talked about giving and tithing and offering. He said the the tithe is something first and foremost, right? And he said, if you're giving offerings and you're late on your bills, that's a bad thing. He said, because you actually owe money for the services that were provided and you're stealing from them to give to God. He said, the tithe is one thing. He said, if you have trouble and you want to make offerings and you're having trouble making your bills, suggest you realign your finances and realign what is going out and how you're spending it. And I thought that was a really good example because it's like, okay, you know, giving money, you know, your sister comes to mind, giving, giving, giving to the point where she has nothing left. And part of that is codependence, whether it be emotional, monetary, however that looks like, that is a, an example of unhealthy giving. Any other? All right, I'm going to draw this and then I'll hold it up. There. Okay. Well, I was going to draw it on here first, then let you hold it up. No, I'm here to draw. Okay, so we're going to talk about unhealthy giving first. You've seen us do this triangle before, but we're going to do this in a different way. Here's what unhealthy giving looks like. The wife chasing the husband and husband chasing the wife. And by that I mean, gimme, 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 gimme. And, or it could be giving, giving, giving with the expectation that I'm going to get something in return. 
Now this example is husband and wife, and it the scenario works best in a husband and right. wife relationship because the husband and wife relationship is the model of Christ and his bride, us, the church. Um, at the same time, this still goes with work relationships and sibling relationships yeah. and and children, especially children and parents, that relationship still, that's that dynamic still plays out. You know, how many people or have you experienced yourself where the parents live through the children? You know, that type of stuff. So are you chasing the other person? Are you chasing? Because what this does, this dynamic, leaves God out of the picture. And I, I'm just going to be blunt with you. We've known a lot of couples who leave God out of the picture even though they profess to be Christians. We left God out of the picture even though we profess to be Christians. We were leaders in the church. We were ordained, or at least licensed. <laughs> and we left God out because we were so busy chasing after each other to get our needs met. And doing for God out of obligation. And that's easy to do. It's very easy to do. Because quite frankly, this is hard work. Relating? It's hard work. You know? I mean, there's not one person in my life that hasn't let me down at one point or another based on my in, inaccurate, unhealthy expectations that I've had for that relationship. People let me down. And I have offended people. I have let them down. None of it's intentional, but we have different expectations. And this is, I'm talking work people, I'm talking life people, sisters, um, and I know I'm not alone in this, okay? I know it's just not my dysfunction, all right? I can tell you everyone in this room, you've let people down and people have let you down mm -hmm. because that's what living do. in relationship does. But how do you work through that? Not this way. Not this way. So what we do, and I'm going to speak to the guys, but this also pertains to the wives. I'm going to speak to the guys because, frankly, I'm the husband in Israel. I'm going to speak to the guys. Okay. This is the way healthy giving looks like from my perspective and from a male in this marriage relationship perspective. But it can work in any relationship. Husband gives to the wife. without any expectation for the wife to do anything in return. No expectations placed on Jean. I give to Jean without any expectation. Now, is that fair? Let's be real. Is that fair in today's society? No, it's not. But we're professed to be kingdom-oriented, right? It's not fair, and it's not easy I can't get rid of all my expectations I've got to put them somewhere got to put them somewhere because it's unrealistic not to have expectations so what we do I give to Jean every expectation I have is cast on to God as, as best and it, it's it takes effort because I see Gene, I can't see God the way I see Gene. Gene's in my face. God is oftentimes not in my face. But if I can truly embrace this, where I'm giving to Gene, casting my expectations upon God, what does that verse promise? For the measure you give, it will be returned to you. That's what that verse promises. If I'm like this, what is that? It's a very small arrow. <laughs> That's what I'm going to get back. That's what the verse says. And I'm not going to say, don't blame me, I didn't write the book. 
That's what the verse says. We're not living that out. We're not living that out as if it is promise and a warning at the same time. We just don't. Do we really believe what Scripture says? Because if we did, and if we understood that verse, and we understood it in the context of that verse, I'm going to be doing a lot of this. Not only to Gene, but to everybody else as well. But I find myself still to be one of the more selfish individuals that I know. Johnny? Just uh, what, what I've experienced in that is that set this down. that measure that I get back is what is it's not always the same that I give Renee. Because Renee might need affection. And, and because I haven't been giving her affection, maybe I haven't been getting the peace or the sleep I need. Nope. <laughs> she always, I'm used to it. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, is that God know what I have need of before I actually do. And, and, and my measure could be that good night's sleep that I need, that peace about that situation. Perfect. Because the one thing, when we cast all our expectations on God, taking heart in his promise, don't limit God as to what that return is going to look like. What did the disciples first think when, when they entered into relationship with Jesus? What did they think the new kingdom was going to come like? Oh, they were going to be really important. But even more basic than that. Even more basic than more that. More temporal than that. When the disciples first encountered Christ, they said, "Okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to how are we going to, you know, stage an army to and get rid of the ruling thing to get rid of the Romans so that we can then be the ones in power." That's what their concept right? of the savior was like. All right? Which is one of the reasons why everything fell apart and at the end there were so few still there because Jesus didn't raise an army the way they expected him to. But I don't know about you, I really prefer the provision that Christ gave us through the resurrection and the new life than any potential temporal rule here on earth. When we first uh, became Christians, someone did teach us about tithing. And that was a principle that I am so grateful that we got down. And I've had multiple conversations regarding tithing. I was like, well, does that mean you're going to give a check and all of a sudden the check's going to show up? Mm. No, but it's been 10 years later and I'm still using some wrapping paper that I got for free. I got a van load, literally, full of wrapping paper. And after I gave a lot of it away, I still have some 10 years later. And trust me, I use wrapping paper. Okay, it's not that I don't give gifts. All right. Um, I got boxes of dishwasher soap, a case of dishwasher um, soap. You know, it's like, no, I didn't get a check in the mail. But hey, you know what, Gene? I'm getting rid of a bunch of clothes. These might fit you. I can attest to that. Um, since you brought up tithing, that's where it says you cannot outgive me. And I don't have a job. I live on Social Security, which by itself is impossible. But I have decided to challenge God because that's the one place he said test me in this and I have to tell you that he has blessed me more than I expected and I know he has more mm -hmm. Amen. and I'm determined that I really want to give even I love that you said that 
And I love that you said that you tested God with regards to provisions. Well, I'm paying bills. Okay. My question is this, and, and I know a number of people that have, and, and I respect that, but how many times do we get on our knees and say, okay, Lord, I'm giving here for relationship. Can I test you to give me what I need? Not what I want. There's a big difference. Not what you know, I expect. I, what I want, okay, is the same paycheck that Ron is is providing for our home, okay, but without him having to go to work to get it because I don't like it when he's away. <laughs> exactly. But isn't that the truth? Right? I was like, you're, you're out working. Why can't you just be at home? You're working from home. It hardly looks like it. <laughs> okay. You know, so when, when we're looking at things, it's like we want it all, but we don't need it all. That's right. David? Um, you mentioned fairness. And I, I don't think there's much fair. On either side. No. Is it fair that Christ had to die? Is it fair that we ignore that or take that for granted? Um, I think the getting stuck on what is fair in our relationships and in our Christian walk is something from the world. It is. It's it's an element that's not taught in Scripture. It's not. And. Bible very clearly says to live the Christian life is going to be difficult. And so it's not about fair. It's about doing what the Bible says we're supposed to do. Yeah. It's about doing what he asks. It's about giving to him um, without expectation. Without, yeah. And it, it, is it fair? It's not even part of the equation. And that's it. It shouldn't be part of the equation, and yet. Go to go to Amazon. Look up books on marriage. They're going to talk about compromise. They're going to talk about this. They're going to talk about this. You know what's fair. You know, you know, Gene does the laundry, so it's only fair I take out the garbage. You know, I, I don't. I, I don't. I, I did this to Gene. She she looked at me. And she goes, "Why do you love me?" I said, "I can't tell you why because if I put a condition on it, then once a condition disappears, I don't have to love you anymore." That was a great answer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but really, that's what unconditional love is. So if I gave Gene, well, I, I love you because you're smart, you know, because, you know, we, we laugh together well. What if she gets ALS, God forbid, and she can't laugh, she can't talk, she can't do any of that? Does that remove me from the responsibility of loving that? Absolutely not. And Christ gave of himself unconditionally. He had boundaries. The rich young ruler came up to him and said, you know, Jesus said, just sell all you have and that's all you need to do. And I can't do that. And he walked away. Did Jesus chase him? No. Jesus had boundaries. The cross is a wonderful example of a boundary that, Christ, that God has. Because the forgiveness of sins happened at the cross. But why doesn't everybody get into heaven? Because not everybody has a relationship with God. And that relationship is based on that cross. That's a boundary. God gave. Not everybody received. So how do we receive well? Oh... How do we receive well? This is not on my outline. This is not on our outline. But it's a good discussion for but next week. But it's a good week. discussion. How do we receive well? Yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. Yeah, yeah we're going to be talking about that next week. So one of the things that we want to close on is that it's it's going to be a very difficult series because it's going to be a series without excuse. 
I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to start removing all the excuses people give. The fairness one being chief among them. So we're going to start removing all that. So we're going to uh, close in prayer and we're going to be excited for this coming series. Right, Jean? Yes. All right. So, Father, thank you for this well, time. Wait, wait. Oh, Questions, oh, comments, or snide remarks as everyone is leaving us. Yeah. Okay. I know you guys are going to go serve. You guys are serving, so that's yeah, okay. Yeah, you guys are serving. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're looking forward to it because the series is truly about understanding the giving in relationships. And it's going to, it's going to, it's going to, we're going to tackle fairness. The other thing we're going to tackle is entitlement. We're going to tackle entitlement. I, I, uh, I'll be the first one to admit, I used to complain a lot about my workplace. I did. But how much of that is based on entitlement, on what I thought I was entitled? There could be some of that in there. So this is going to be as hard for us to teach as it is going to be for you to hear. Because keep in mind, we have to go through this first. Sorry, Ben. All right. Any comments, questions, or Snyder remarks? Okay, we have that. All right. Father, thank you for this time together. And Lord, as we uh, leave this week, help us to be more sensitive to when you want to give to others through us. Because maybe we're in that bottom portion of the relationship where we're meeting someone else's needs. Or maybe you're using us to meet the needs of someone else in that return that you talk about, where for whatever measure is given to others is the same measure that is used to give to us. So Father, help me to focus when I'm to give to others, not only just out of a self-giving concept, but also because I'm part of that measure you're actually giving to someone else. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.